Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day to freely gather here and worship you. We celebrate a great week of mission together for some of our youth and adults. We prepare for a great week together as we minister to the children of our church and our community. And as we gather here in this space today, please speak into our hearts and minds and lives that which we need, that which you have for us. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I've shared about just the exciting day that today comes to be as we finished a mission trip and celebrate that, and as we gather to celebrate this afternoon, and as we prepare for VBS, it's certainly an exciting season in the midst of the summer season here at St. Mark's. And today I want to look at the gospel passage. It's an interesting passage. I can say never have I ever preached on this passage, so it was interesting to study this parable of the weeds. And it's good that there's an explanation with it, because I appreciate when Jesus offers these explanations. And so today we have both the parable and the explanation that Jesus gives to disciples in private afterwards. It encourages me because the disciples themselves had to ask questions. Those who even walked with Jesus for three years, day in and day out, didn't always understand, didn't always get it. They didn't always grasp the deeper meaning of what Jesus was saying. And so they had to ask him. And so for me, that is certainly encouraging. That the hard stuff of the scripture, that the hard stuff of life, the, the things that we try to learn from God that can sometimes be confusing and overwhelming and uncertain, that we are not alone in that. And Jesus, of course, loved to tell stories. Because we can all relate to stories, we can all hear stories, and stories have layers. There's always a deeper meaning. There's always something new to be grasped. I can read a parable thousands of times and gain something new each time. And I think this is one that we can relate to. A parable about weeds. Those of us who have gardens understand weeds. And when I say us, I really mean Jessica. If I were in charge of any plants, there would be none. But even those of us that don't have flower beds or fruit or vegetable gardens, if you have grass, you understand weeds. And weeds aren't always fun. Weeds are work. Jessica learned this week when you're pulling weeds, you should make sure that none of those weeds are poison ivy. Weeds are problematic. They're a nuisance. We try to find all sorts of solutions, easy and quick solutions to deal with the weeds. But there's deeper meaning here. In this first verse, it says, Jesus told them another parable. Understand that Jesus wasn't just telling another story. In the Greek here, what's happening is, it says Jesus is setting something before them. What that means is Jesus is not just saying, hey, you remember the time on the mission trip when so-and-so did this or this happened? Instead, he's saying, look, Listen, I am offering you something great. I am setting something before you to, to consume, to understand, something that has value, like a good meal with friends, like a time you gather with someone you know or maybe even a stranger for this special meal, this special celebration. So Jesus is in this story. He's setting something before them. He's offering them something. And so there's deeper meaning here. And so in verse 24, it says here, he begins by talking about the kingdom. 
Again, Jesus talks about the kingdom more than any other topic at all. And we understand the kingdom to mean a lot of things. Certainly it's talking about heaven. Certainly it's talking about God's rule and reign in the world. Before we came in the time of Jesus, now and eternity. It's also talking about God's dream for the world. What the world can and should look like. What it will look like when Jesus returns. And here it's a picture of that. It's a picture of that kingdom, of the way things God, the way God desires things to be. Not just an ideal, but something that we can be a part of. I think that's something we all learned this past week serving on this trip, is that it's one thing to believe in Jesus. It's another thing to be a part of bringing about the kingdom of God, to be a participant in bringing about the kingdom of God. Yet, in verse 25, we get the but. There always seems to kind of be the but. But there's a problem. And the problem here is in the midst of the good stuff, in the midst of the wheat, the good seeds, the good goals we have, the good desires we have, the things that are of God, there are weeds. There's always weeds, aren't there? Have you found that yard or garden or flower pot or landscape bed that never, ever grows a weed? I haven't yet. If you have, let Jessica know. She's very interested. And we recognize, we recognize that the weeds are there. That this message of seeds in the, in the sower represents so much. And Jesus explains that, and so I'm not going to go into detail to explain it. But you need to understand that there's only one farmer that's perfect. There's only one who sows seed that gets it right all the time. And that's Jesus. And we all know that we can't perfect that art, perfect that science. But it's a parable about lots of things. It's about good and evil, the devil and Satan. It's about what distracts us. It's about what we focus on. It's about what is good and what is not good. It's about letting go and trusting. It's about how we deal with the difficult situations in our lives, in our communities, and in the world. Just a little story about weeds. There's so much richness here. It's also a parable about exclusivity. We struggle with exclusivity in the church. We struggle with exclusivity in our lives. There are certain types of weeds out there. That we don't want to be a part of our lives. There are certain type of weeds, things, people, situations that we don't want to bring in, that we don't want to include. And I think that's something that we struggle with. Yet, Jesus is saying something really important here. And Dan hinted at it in his children's time. Leave the weeds and trust me. Now, that may not work for your garden but it works for life. Leave the weeds and trust me. We have this cliche in Christianity, well, a lot of them. And one of them that I hear all the time that has started to really bother me is love the sinner, hate the sin. I think it's bad theology. Perhaps a, a better way to think about it is Love the sinner, hate our sin. 
Because so often we look to the sin around us, the weeds around us, the sin of others, and point to that. Because when we do that, we don't have to deal with our own stuff. But then we say, but I love them. Or in the South, bless their heart. But the truth is, we all have our weeds. Maybe even a better way to say this is love the sinner, or love everyone, hate our sin. Because we're all sinners, right? We all have challenges. We all have our stuff. We heard from, on the mission trip, there are several interns that served there, and several of them each night would tell their story. And much like you and I, they each had weeds. They each had stuff that got in the way of the good and abundant life that Jesus had for them. They each had issues and sin in their lives that they wrestled with. But so oftentimes I've heard throughout my short lifespan, especially perhaps in the church, this focus on weeds, that the world is ending, that things are awful, that things have gotten as bad as they could be because of this event or this TV show or this political party or this political figure. And, and we act as if, you know, the world is ending. Jesus, come now because I cannot survive. And in my short life, I've heard this over and over again, just the characters and the story has changed. But it's all weeds, folks. It's all weeds, and it's so easy for us to look at the weeds. We want God to answer. We want God to pull the weeds now, especially the stuff that really bothers us, especially the, the people that really bother us. When I was new to faith and in my kind of legalistic phase, my friends in high school remind me about this. I try to suppress the memory. That sometimes when someone was annoying me or I felt they had issues, Again, focus on somebody else's issues than my own. I would say something like this. You need to go pray about yourself. <laughs> really bad theology, really not effective. But that's kind of our attitude sometimes, isn't it? We sometimes have this attitude about weeds. We're, we're so focused on the things that are wrong. We want God to answer. But the truth is, we all have weeds. We all, at times in our lives, are the weeds. And the truth is very simple. If God dealt with the weeds as they happened, none of us would be here. That as we beg God to fix things or fix someone, that if God in every moment judged our thoughts and our actions and our intentions and what we did, that wouldn't work out well for us. The fact that God waits and allows things to unfold is a gift to us and to others. You see, it's nice to want God to pull the weeds when it's not us. And yet, we know that God can't just apply that concept to others and leave us alone. And so God says to us, focus on being the good seed, being the wheat, and let the weeds be. Let the weeds be. But we ask these questions. Why does God allow this? Why doesn't God do something about this? Why does God allow this to happen? Any day in the news we can ask this question. I ask this question every time the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Why, God? Whether a social event, whether a news event, whether a political event, a sports event, a personal tragedy... We ask these 
questions. And they're good questions. They're understandable questions. They're human questions. But after we ask the question, we've got to let it go and trust that God has everything in hand, even if it doesn't look like it. That somehow God knows better. That somehow God will take care of us and will take care of the world. And that the world is not ending because the Patriots won the Super Bowl. The world is not ending because of this, this, or this. You see, when we stare at the weeds, we forget to be the seed. We give power to the negative. We give power to the one who creates the weeds. When we look at that stuff, when we let that stuff control us, control our thoughts, control our attitude, we hand over that power to the evil one. And really, the story tells us we have two choices. Focus on the one who plants the good seeds or focus on the one who brings the weeds. And I can't say I perfect this, but my goal in life has has been to find the good. Uh, two funny things happened on the trip. Uh, one, one of the hardest places for me to find the good is driving through the state of New Jersey. <laughs> if you've ever driven through New Jersey, all their cars come without blinkers. And, uh, and so it's very tricky. And Dan's not here, so I can pick on him. But uh, Dan is not exactly a fan of Ohio, let's say. And so Cindy, to antagonize him, and if you don't know Cindy, you, you know, this, this is one of her spiritual gifts. And, and so Cindy, to antagonize him, asked him to name three things he liked about Ohio. And it took the whole trip, really. <laughs> but we have this attitude, right? We have this attitude. We, we look at things and we, we let these things weigh us down instead of trusting God. We all have the weeds that distract us. All have the weeds that take away our focus. This is a parable of trust. Trusting that God will take care of things. It's interesting. I wrote this sermon almost two weeks ago. Ahead of the trip. And, and you've heard me say that my favorite thing about uh, dealing with sermons is, is studying the scripture and learning and then watching how the Holy Spirit uh, helps me learn and live out the sermon throughout the week. I can't say I always enjoy that part, but it's good for me. And it was interesting because this week we went to Philadelphia, of course, on the trip. And I have roots in Philadelphia. I went to college outside the area. I have a lot of friends in the area. I have a deep connection to the city and, and, and lots of connections. And, and it was interesting. It's, it was a little bit like a homecoming. You know, you, we stayed the first and the last night in the church that I attended in college, the church where I interned. It was a little bit of a homecoming. The, the youth were willing and actually excited about it. We, we toured the campus where I went to college. And, and, and the flood of memories uh, of that time came as we were walking around there. It, on the Philadelphia Project, it, I, the, the, org, the founder of the organization was my roommate first semester freshman year. We've been great friends since we stopped living together. And, uh, and so many of the folks on staff are, are friends and, and colleagues that I've known. And, and one of the other youth pastors 
from one of the other churches is, is a friend and a colleague. And in fact, we did Wednesday night, we did, this was wonderful, it's a good model for us to consider. We did a community barbecue. And we for free invited the whole community. What a beautiful set of diversity to just come and eat as we serve them. Dan and Jarrett like lived on the grill for hours serving people. It was so incredible. And as I was there walking around, I saw one of my old professors from college. And so we caught up, and, and several of us who were together, you know, got some photo opportunities and, and shared stories and talked. And, and, and here's what happened in all that for me. Even as we walked through Philadelphia and I took folks around downtown and kind of still knew my way around but still hate parking down there, especially with the 15-passenger van, Here's what I realized about myself. I have so many wonderful memories about those things. Though that season of life, those relationships have and continue to impact me in great ways. I left my mark, literally in some cases, on some of those places along the way as well. And it was interesting to hear some of those stories shared, to have my professor say, well, I tell this story about you, and I'm like, oh, Lord have mercy. But here's what I noticed about myself. It wasn't a new revelation, but it really became profound. And it has to do with my own weeds. Going back to those places, going back and connecting to those people, I looked at the weeds. What I thought about on my college campus was not how God transformed my life and the great things that happened in the funny stories, but the mistakes I made. The times where I didn't get it right and I hurt a relationship. When I sat with my professor, and he said, oh, I tell some of your stories. My first thought wasn't like, yay! It was, which ones? Because my mind instantly flooded to those things that I hadn't done well, those failures. Because that's my weeds. You see, the truth is, for me, oftentimes, when I go to a place of my past, or I look at a situation, I don't look at the good. I don't look always first at what I learned or where God is. I look at my mistakes. I look at the things that didn't go right. I look at some of the failures. And so as I was wrestling with that and noticing that about myself and talking with some of the people there about it, this sermon came to life for me. We all have weeds. We all have the stuff that distracts us. Whether it's like me and it's our own stuff or whether it's the stuff around us whether personal or family or what's happening in the world at any given moment. We all have weeds. And God says to us as clear as day, leave the weeds. Don't worry about it. I have it under control. I will take care of it. Trust me. It's a parable of trust. And so last week I decided to kind of let go of some of that. There was a lot of that for folks on that week letting go of things, that I needed to trust God to deal with it. I needed to trust God to be the great gardener. You see, there may be weeds. Things may not always be good. We may not always be good. But we know the gardener. We know the perfect gardener. We know the one who will take care of it. And so we forget about the weeds. And we focus on what is good. 
We focus on what God is creating and planting in our lives. We look not to the one who creates the bad, but we look to the God of the universe. And then the weeds aren't so bad. Then we begin to see something better. And we trust in the end whether our own weeds or the weeds of this world. God's in control. God knows what he's doing. God has an answer. Be the seed. Forget the weeds. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this story and for the way that you speak into our lives in the scripture and in circumstances. And Lord, I just pray that we would all look to this story as not just a story about wheat and weeds, good and evil, but an opportunity to focus on being the seed, to look to you to create good things in and around us. And when it's not that way, God, we trust you. We trust you with the weeds. It's in Jesus' name we pray.